welcome to the First Intuition Podcast. On this episode, Kelly, Ginny and Shelley join together to talk about their own experiences and things they have seen with students managing stress. It's a really important topic and if you'd like some further reading or help and support, I've put a link to the charity Mind in the show notes. Good evening, everybody. So my name is Kelly O'Donovan and I am part of the podcast this evening because our lovely colleagues and friends, Ben, is on holiday and Dave, unfortunately, is not very well this evening. So I'm very lucky to be joined by two of my colleagues and and good friends from across First Intuition and I'll get them to introduce themselves in a moment. I have had the privilege of being allowed on the podcast before, so some of you may know me, but if you don't, so my name's Kelly, I'm a tutor, and I work down in our Chelmsford office in Essex. So I've got joined with me tonight, Ginny, I'll let Ginny briefly introduce herself again. She's already been on the pod, she's been lucky enough to start. I have, Kelly. I I was saying to Shelley earlier, I'm not sure how many podcast appearances equate to an FI hoodie, but I'm holding out. This is my third appearance. So I feel like it's those coffee cards. If I get enough stamps, I get the hoodie. Um, yeah, my name's Ginny. I'm a cheetah and also work in the FI Limited side. So that's London and Birmingham and Manchester. And uh, super to be here this evening. Thank you. Thank, thank you for joining as well. It's short notice, Ginny. Um, and then over to my other colleague, Shelley. I'll let you briefly introduce yourself. Yeah, I'm Shelley Swade. I'm the marketing manager at First Intuition Chelmsford and Southend now. Um, I think this is my third visit to the um, podcast as well. I've just worked that out while I've been sitting here. So I think I'll be joining you with the coffee stamps, Ginny, and asking for hoodie <laughs> at some point. So, um, yeah, really pleased to be here and really excited about the topic we're talking about tonight. So. Yes, thank you. Thank you both. So our topic tonight that we have been given is about stress. Now, what I would like to caveat start with is none of us here myself Ginny or Shelley are medical professionals this is not about giving medical advice um, if you do obviously have any kind of issues or anything that we discuss then please we would always recommend you know speak to speak to your health professional speak to your GP but what we'd like to do is sort of talk today a little bit about what you know what have we seen in terms of what does sort of stress mean how actually stress can be a positive thing but being very mindful and aware of perhaps when stress can work against us and how we can build that into our lives our studies and dealing with stressful situations like exams so I've got some little notes here and I saw just a little definition that I've got here around stress so stress affects people in many different ways often physical and also emotional, and more importantly, with varying intensities. So I suppose if I put it out to perhaps um, my two colleagues that are here to start off with, what are your thoughts on what stress means means to, to you? So maybe if I start with, with Ginny, if that's okay. Yeah, I, I think stress is the, the thing that makes you do stuff. So you said earlier there's positives and negatives to stress if, if there were no stress issues then none of us would really do something and you know, i'm a football fan i'm a luton town fan for my sins and and actually there's there has to be a degree of stress for those players to to play a good game um in an exam setting 
part of the reason people sort of get a bit of a grade bounce is that they're, they're stressed and that allows their performance to increase. So for me, stress is when we've got just too much of that or significantly too much of that. And it takes what was an increase in performance and starts to tip me over the edge and, and I can't then control it. It becomes a, a like a car hurtling down the line and it's just too fast. And, and I can't keep on track and I can't stay um, controlled of what we're doing. Yeah, that, that, absolutely. I, I remember back to my exams, it's kind of like, because you can see that target coming of having to sit that exam, actually, the nearer it got, the more motivated I was to put the work in. So stress would certainly actually yeah. work in a very positive way to make me be like, well, I've got to get got to get this done I've got to get my finger out now and actually get those books out and, and do it um probably caused myself maybe more stress than I needed to because I was a little bit of a last minute dot com person so I was just I about to, to my... say for, for, for me <laughs> stress is the thing that makes me don't don't do what I did it it creates a lot of unnecessary anxiety when you think I wish it's when you get into it you think oh I wish I'd started this two months earlier and it would be perhaps a little bit more pleasant for me but you certainly I certainly needed that emphasis of I've got a deadline so I I need that to kind of motivate me and to get that little bit and I think even now and you know I I love my job as as anybody who who follows me on LinkedIn will know I absolutely adore what I do but there are elements which I adore less budgeting, for example, is not top of my list, which I appreciate the irony being an accountant, but I need stress to do that. So I need a deadline. And if there isn't a deadline, I'm not going to sit there and go, oh, which of my to do tasks shall I start with? Let's start with budgeting. I'm kind of waiting till the deadline is looming. And I know I've got to report to the board in about a week's time. That's a good time for me to start the budgeting. I don't know about how about you, Shelley? Does that yeah i think the point that you make about um stress being a positive thing is one that's really really overlooked and actually we don't probably see that as stress and actually it is it's probably we see it as being under pressure and working to a deadline we see it kind of those that sort of feeling we see quite positively and stress has become a very very negative word and for me I think sometimes it's getting to that point where you feel you just can't cope and your head's buzzing and there's too much going on and it just feels overwhelming and I think that's the sort of modern day stress that we we talk about now when we use the word stress that's what a lot of people tend to mean so it's it's it is worth recognizing that stress is something that we can use almost in a way like a, it's like it's adrenaline it's that adrenaline to get you through that exam to you know get me through 40 minutes of playing netball on a, on a Monday night which is very stressful because we lose every week but um, <laughs> you know it's um it, that kind of stress we don't often think about I think we do focus very much on the negative so yeah I suppose one of the things we have to think about isn't it is is that kind of being able to manage so that it doesn't tip tip over and I think one of the things that I've learned personally myself over the last sort of 20 years particularly the last 10 10 years and um, through a lot of podcasting I do like to listen to other podcasts not just be on podcasts is that kind of being aware of what your inner voice is actually telling you and being aware of some of the physical symptoms so I know for myself I will start getting headaches like on a quite regular basis I will crave sugar like nobody's business and I have to I, I often go walking and sort of chatting to my friend and, and she has she runs her own business so it can be quite stressful at times when you you know you've got to 
get enough revenue in to cover your payroll costs and you know to pay yourself so you can pay your mortgage and we sort of talk to each other about how's your sugar been this week and then be like right so why have we been reaching for that sugar what's going on at the moment that's making you crave that particular thing I say stress is personal to, to everybody but that's kind of for me understanding over time what those what those physical things are that I'm starting to see in my body and what my body's therefore telling me and then to be like right okay let's let's break it down so what is what actually am I what are my concerns about or have I not been doing enough exercise or fresh air or have I been working too many hours trying to really unpick that because I know that that's my sort of slippery slope headaches and sugar and if I'm not careful it could start to obviously become a lot worse, heart palpitations definitely had, and you kind of then think this is not healthy, but now to tell yourself, hold on, right, let's just check what's going on then. And I'm very lucky because I do have people that I can kind of talk to and sort of rationalise that through. And mm. um, Ginny, I don't know if you want to share anything, what you're saying. Yeah, I, I think it's that also that recognition, you mentioned the inner voice and your inner voice is, is always with you. Sometimes it's not always, as honest and truthful as it could be. So it, it's about that recognition of going, what is going on? How much of this is is mine to control? Because sometimes we stress about things that we just can't change. So I stress about being 51. There is nothing I can do about this. So the more I stress about it, the more wound up I get about it, nothing is going to change. And I mentioned football earlier, an ex-manager of Luton used to have a lovely expression, which is control the controllables. If you can't control it, then mm-hmm. you have to sort of lose that. And I think when I am, I'm, I, I, I'm a runner. I say that now, I, I can run. Um, but I, it means that when I am running, I'm able to sort of empty my head and I, I, I get much better at the inner voice then because it is more reliable then. And I am more able to take a step back going, can I control this? or not um, and it goes back to you know, i'm out i really love that yeah i absolutely love that bit about control Ginny. definitely i think again it's something that i've only really learned about in the last few years where you've kind of got to this point where it's all got a bit too much and then having to do your sort of own if you like sort of research and help but definitely that whole idea of Okay, so what what around me can I control? Because a lot of the time, what's going on in the environment, or even other people's emotions, you can't control that. What you can control is what you decide to do. And, 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 and you can control you your yourself that story. You, you mentioned sugar as a as a thing that you ingest. We all carry around phones and we're mm-hmm. ingesting negativity through our phones. I think the expression is doom scrolling, isn't it? So you sit there and yeah. you go, oh my goodness, what's going wrong with the economy, the politics, whatever it happens to be, the, the political situation around the world. But we keep looking mm-hmm. and we have a choice. We can it's choose addictive. to put that down. And then we wonder why we don't sleep because we're sitting there watching news at 10 with all this negativity, which is driving up our stress. Mm-hmm at the same time of the things you can control. So I can control putting my phone down. I'm not very good at it, but I can. I can control maybe not watching the news just before I try to go to bed. And, and those again are, are some choices we can we can try and limit our exposure to things which don't serve us. Mm, absolutely. Mm. 
And I think also as well with the issues around social media and the news and that negativity, I think you're watching it and you're looking at it thinking, well, this is not necessarily, maybe I'm not feeling necessarily negative right now, but it's all of what that's doing to your subconscious. And again, listen to quite a few different podcasts that talk about that idea of actually making sure that you don't look at the news or negative stories just before you go to bed, you know, or the first thing that you do when you wake up, you look at your phone, you start doom scrolling. That's not really setting you up in a positive way for, for the day. Any thoughts, Shelley? Yeah, I mean, I was just about to say that became a thing, didn't it, during the pandemic, that actually they advised you not to look at the news too many times a day because it was all obviously quite negative. We were all locked down. There was kind of, you know, so much going on and none of it was good news at the time. Um, from my point of view, I've been forced to look at my stress levels in the past couple of years because I'm going to completely switch off our younger listeners now by uh, explaining that I'm perimenopausal and actually... Um, whilst I'm not a medical expert, I have been doing some research and um, stress has a really, really powerful effect on your estrogen levels. So as you get older and they start to decline, if you're stressed, it makes it much, much worse. So the way it kind of manifests in me is that it affects my sleep and it makes me really, really irritable. So I have had to do something about those. So, you know, I've got little bits and pieces I've changed my diet I've looked at some of the sort of the herbal stuff that I take you know vitamins and that kind of stuff there's particular vitamins that I know that I'm missing and I started taking them but actually probably one of the best things that I now say is my medicine is my yoga and you know I know a lot of people kind of go oh, yoga it's a bit kind of you know airy fairy bit sort of you know a bit, a bit sort of dippy and out there and but actually it is a really, really good way, like Ginny says, with the running to disconnect from what you're doing, because when you're trying to do some complicated posture, you can't help but to focus on it. And you've got to connect your breathing as well, because you've got to breathe as you do one bit and breathe out as you do the other bit. And actually, you find that sort of in 30 minutes, you won't have thought about all the other things. And actually, that effect on your nervous system of the deep breathing gives you that extra benefit that it calms you right down. So for me, that's been the last couple of years has been quite a shift change, really, where I never would have thought about it much before. So. I think that, that piece about as well, when people are stressed and they make poor choices, one of the poor they often make is I haven't got time. As soon as you hear yourself say, I haven't got time, that is precisely the time you need to stop. Mm -hmm. Be that walking around the block, be that running, be that yoga. But it, it's at that point your body is telling you, careful now because that push up you're about to do that roller coaster bit where it goes really slowly up and then smashes down very quickly down the other side and if you don't want to be smashed very quickly down the other side you've, you've got to break that connection and getting outside or, or getting inside yourself from, from a yoga position just dis distracts that negativity and starts mm. to get a better sense of perspective um, yeah, yeah. The sense of perspective. Exams happen. People pass them. Right. Perspective, and then we're actually much better able to make better decisions, better choices. The I haven't got time. I think if if you ever find yourself saying that, the one thing I say is actually it's just not a priority for you now. It's not a priority right now, and I think then you have to ask, well, why is it not a priority right now? Why am I prioritizing something else over this? And I think it's then questioning, actually, if you are recognizing you're making poor choices, then 
what is that what's that in is what is that impact going to have on you and maybe you need to reframe and reprioritize what's what's important the other thing is you know we all get stressed around having to do things like exams it would be probably not normal not to have an element of sort of adrenaline and stress and worry about it but it's then okay so what's the worst that's going to happen yeah okay you fail right okay so what is then the worst that's going to happen after that and scenario playing it out you you reset it it's an exam what's the worst that's going to happen takes you a few months longer to qualify okay so what's the worst that's going to happen might not get that pay rise for a couple more months okay again what's the worst that's going to happen and often by carrying on and doing that I find you tend to find actually the real worst case scenario isn't normally as perhaps bad as your inner voice might have been telling you to start with yeah and and in the same way we talked about restricting your exposure to negativity on news be very careful who you choose to listen to so if you're in a class and there's somebody sitting there going, oh, I'm, I'm acing this, I'm breezing it, oh, look, another 98% in my mock and I'm not actually doing any work, don't listen to them. You choose that, you can choose to ignore them. And that's just allowing them to feel better, but you to feel worse. And you don't need that in your life. You should be thinking about who am I deciding to, to listen to? Who, who am I going to allow to, to actually influence the decisions that I make and, and it's being very very careful who you to choose to do that somebody that you trust is a much better person than somebody who just wants to feel better at your expense absolutely mm, exactly why are they coming out with that is that to make themselves feel better you know again you don't always know what's actually what's actually truly going on yeah <laughs> have they really, really done their work really yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think the point you made, Kelly, as well about, um, you know, playing out those worst scenarios, the other thing that um, I've been told in the past, and I do know it really helps me, is actually to write things down. Because there's something about, and again, I'm, you know, no psychologist, but um, there's something about if you put some, if you have something in your head and you play it over and over and over again in your head, or even if sometimes if you tell someone else, then you tell someone else, actually, you can make that stressful situation more stressful. Because the more times you replay it, the more stressful it can become. But actually, there's something mental about if you write it down you've dealt with it you've put pen to paper you've committed to that and it's down and it's done and maybe that's just a psychological thing that you know helps me but I, I have heard it said that actually if you write something down it's a way of kind of almost saying right that's it now I've ticked it off I've, I've got it on paper I've heard quite a lot Shelley actually about the idea of journaling so particularly rather than again it's the choices you can make what can you control so you can control the, the choice between I'm going to look at my phone for an hour before I go to sleep and if you haven't listened to the podcast that I think Ian was on about how to get good quality sleep I can tell you now looking at blue light like that is not normally a good thing an hour before bed um, you could choose instead to to do some journaling and actually get those thoughts down on paper again not a medical professional it's not going to work for everybody but I have heard a number of people sort of talk about that as a as a possible technique. I'm a massive fan of going out in nature. There's something about being able to be out in nature in almost awe of what you're seeing around you. That kind of almost like sounds a bit dramatic, but definitely personally saved me a couple of years ago from going down a you know quite a, a negative a negative road. Just being able to get out to be, and I'm very privileged. I'm very lucky that I do live in the country, so it doesn't take very much 
for me to be able to be out in nature. And my father-in-law was down at the weekend and he said, oh, you seem just so so less stressed than you normally. You normally were like last time I've seen you. And that again, sounds very privileged, but I'm really, really lucky that through, or that was through social media, I managed to find um, a horse that I'm now part loaning. And those of you who know me, I absolutely love my horse riding. And just being able to do that three times a week, is a bit like the yoga. When you're on an animal and you're concentrating on what you are doing, otherwise you're going to, well, probably injure yourself, maybe more than you can injure yourself at yoga. You, yeah. you can only think about that situation rather than thinking about all the million things that might be going around in your head. And that to me makes a massive difference. I think it's about trying to find what works for you, but prioritizing that. No, you, can, you do have time if it is a priority for you. I think that e even if it's, I go outside and I look at the sky, the sky is enormous. You are inconsequential versus the sky. And that just grounds you a little bit as to, Really, is it that big, the issue that I'm worrying about, or, or is it smaller than that? Mm -hmm. I, I'm a bit of a daydreamer, as anybody who's ever met me knows. I love at night to go outside and look at the stars. There's millions of them, and very quickly, you can almost feel the stress, and you feel your shoulders dropping, because they're beautiful. And then my, my mind gets blown as to how they work. I have actually got to the end of Brief History of Time. I understood very little, but I got to the end. Very proud of myself for that. But it just helps to, to widen your horizon. Because what, what I find is, as I become more stressed, my horizon starts to narrow. And I start to focus all about just me and my world. And I stop thinking about actually what what else is out around me that can be helpful mm. there's definitely something around taking a break i think sometimes even though that comes back to that thing about time again about you know you don't think you've got time but even sometimes it can be you know just go and sit in the garden with a cup of tea for 10 minutes if you've got longer go for a walk even if it's just around the block i mean um i found the pandemic particularly stressful the, the first lockdown for me was um you know both my children's schools were particularly hopeless in supplying any work which I think a lot of people share um we had um you know all sorts going on at home I think we were lucky not to get COVID but I used to find by the end of the day because I was working as well I just needed to get away and I needed to get out of the house and I started walking and I just roamed I just went, I put the headphones on and I just walked and walked and walked and walked and it really helps. But even now, if I'm having a bit of a stressful day, I will just nip out for 20 minutes and come back to whatever it was that was bothering me. And I think it helps because you see it with fresh eyes. There's a new perspective as well. You've had that break, you've had your fresh air, you've had time to breathe a little bit and you come back to it and you can sometimes see it a little bit differently. I wonder what we think of this um, ladies um, do you think that the younger generations find stress more difficult to deal with and what do you think could be done I'm not sure it's more difficult I think it's more honest so your, your more younger generations are more honest with their feelings and they're more open with their feelings so I, I can't remember a time in my career in my 20s or 30s where this would have been a conversation and and so and and that that's that's a credit to the younger generation that 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 conversation is allowed to take place and that that's only ever going to end up with with positive outcomes but i don't think it's that that it's more difficult for you to deal with i think there's 
more of it that is recognized so it's not the case that you're struggling on your own there are people around you and 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 it's a conversation that people are willing to have which mm. just wasn't, wasn't the case double-edged sword in a way though isn't it because I think these days younger people are under quite a lot of pressure probably different pressures to perhaps when we were we were that kind of age and um there's so much going on on social media there's so much peer pressure on there it's everything so instant these days whereas actually I think when we were younger you know I still had a landline phone that was the only way anyone could contact I had, I had a pet dinosaur Shelley <laughs> me, me and my pet dinosaur was there <laughs> so um you know but at the, at the same time there's all this help out there but there's also this whole world that's kind of you know creating lots of these problems so we've kind of created all these problems but luckily we've kind of come up with ways to be open and deal with it and talk about it but it still doesn't make it much easier so I think kind of we've just we've progressed on both fronts unfortunately yeah, I, I, I think that's right and again it's back to choices isn't it and do, do you choose to live your life through social media I was at a concert the other other week and I was horrified by the number of people who were watching a band through through a phone whereas actually you could choose to put that phone away and and just live in the moment and and live in the moment of seeing there is my favorite singer who's been my favorite singer since he was on my wall at university when i was 18 and here he is now and we're in a very small venue why would i choose to do that through through my phone and, and again you can feel the calmness mm. of, of, of living in the moment absolutely mm. i was listening to a podcast because i love my other podcasts one in particular I would recommend to other people, Dr. Chatterjee's Feel Better Live More. And on one of his episodes, um, he had a lady, um, a, a doctor who was on there, who's written a book called Dopamine Nation and how now in the modern world, we are just getting that dopamine hit is getting triggered on so many different fronts. And although, yes, maybe people are more open to talk about those issues, as you said, they are now being bombarded a lot more with these potential dopamine hits from various from various places you know if you haven't read much but you know social media is the whole way that those apps are designed is to trigger that same dopamine hit that you would get if you're in a casino with the whole scroll down refresh even emails are designed like that if you've got that with on, with, on, on your phone and it's, re it's really hard because it does it creates uh, an addiction if you're talking about things like a dopamine hit then there's a you know a physical biological response that's happening within your body you know and uh, you know it creates potentially this sort of risk of, of, of a technically addiction it's um, e even with the running and, and you know kelly i follow yeah. you on strava and <laughs> We, we, we run, we walk, we post it on Strava so that other people can give us a dopamine hit saying kudos for your run. Yeah. And, and, and it's so even that we're, we're sort of still being veered around to the to the social media element of it. Yeah. And I think that's um, something, you know, kind of with, with social media, but with like say exams, like I think um, Judith made the point about there being more um, pressure on young people in the education system. And there is all of that sort of pressure with SATs and, you know, different testing mm -hmm. and, you know, the sort of standards that um, young people have to meet now but there's also now I think you know when I got my GCSE or my A-level results I got them on a piece of paper that was just handed to me I could have said what I wanted to and I could have told anybody what you know I could have made it up I could have said oh yeah I've got like nine A stars or you know whatever but now 
people's parents have posted them online oh you know well done to such and such you got this this score and well done to this person or somebody's doing it themselves or so pleased with my exam results today and it you know for our students point of view I'm sure you know lots of them are connected on social media they're seeing other people's um, results coming out as they're kind of posting about them and it does put pressure on you and I think you know we we didn't have that did we we were sort of we were able to kind of keep a little bit for ourselves almost when I, when I qualified I I had to wait the envelope to come through the post <laughs> and if there was a post delay then you didn't know whether you'd qualified or not you had to wait and I had a friend whose letter got lost and that was it there was no you know no looking up on the internet that wasn't invented yeah. then yeah. I suppose again to come back to like what can you control the decisions that you make and trying to you know trying to be strong and make those you know sort of decisions around you know can you put your phone on sleep mode so that during certain times you aren't using that interaction? If, if anyone's got a, an iPhone, iPhone on the latest update have got lots of settings you can create that's, you can say like, now I'm in work mode, now I'm in sleep mode, now I'm in whatever. And you can actually just kill lots and lots of notifications. Mm. And I'm finding it very helpful. It dulls the screen. You can have, you know, take away some of that blue light. So yeah, tech can help you, but you have to remember you're in charge. You're the master, not the tech. I actually put mine into downtime um, for a while. It was after listening to Ian's podcast episode, actually. I was feeling a bit guilty about the scrolling. So um, I made it switch off from 10 o'clock at night. Not switch off entirely, entirely. Just basically shut down all the apps that, uh, you know, like Facebook, Instagram, all those sorts of things. And it wouldn't come back on again until 7 o'clock in the morning. And I could override it if I wanted to. But, you know, it felt naughty kind of overriding it. So I didn't. So I did it for such a long time because it was really, really helpful. And it just made me because I could still get an important phone call because Ian always says, you know, um, don't have your phone by your bed. Um, get an old fashioned alarm clock, which, you know, is an option. But I think lots of us don't do that. So having your phone and then having it almost switched off between, say, 10 and six or seven in the morning from a you know from that point of view it just means it's easier for you not to kind of be bothered during the night and not to think about it I don't it worked for me for a while I have to switch it off now social media apps yeah. and then yeah. that is actually quite frightening um because I will set it for like maybe one hour I think of mine's only down to about half an hour now I had to like wean myself off which is mm. absolutely mad I'm looking at rubbish I'm actually, when you think about it, I'm actually looking at rubbish, it's not adding any value to it's, my life. It's not even um, rubbish from your friends, it's rubbish from random strangers. Yes, exactly. Sponsors, random yeah, people. sponsored ads. I, I tend to use the excuse I have to use it for work, but then that's, that's <laughs> going to be in marketing. But um, yeah, it, it, it does get too much. So you do have to put some limits on, I, I find anyway. I, I think that bit about, we, we, we just talked about, you know, the social media. There's that piece about remembering who are your real friends and not your virtual friends and because your real friends are the people that you can have those conversations with that I, you know i'm finding this really difficult can you help and i know kelly and, and i've exchanged messages when we've been sort of doing things at work which are particularly stressful and challenging and actually just having somebody else who says i i hear you i've got that let's see what we can do and and that yeah, definitely. gives you somebody who 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 you trust as a a real genuine person whose advice is worth listening to rather than somebody who you've never met who isn't your friend who's just in for the dopamine hit to, to mm. use Kelly's words from earlier yeah. 
I think as well, when I was studying, I was very lucky that I had, um, I'd made a couple of really good friends actually while I was studying. And, you know, we used to meet, you know, be able to meet up. We would sort of go through questions together. And it was just almost that reassuring that when you find something hard, actually someone else is also finding it it difficult and um Ginny and I have taken on some new roles at work which have been very very challenging very stressful <laughs> and in that moment where I've you know sort of broken down I thought oh my god I feel so embarrassed like, why am I crying at this situation it's at work this is ridiculous you shouldn't be crying about work um but it's been having that person to talk to and go well yeah I felt like that myself as well this is kind of there's nothing wrong with finding things difficult and just just again re wording that inner voice of okay so why has this happened what are you telling yourself and I know in that situation that I had before I went into it in my head I had already when I reflect back told myself I was going to find this difficult I didn't have the skills I didn't have the knowledge I was going to be challenged I was going to fail basically that is when I reflect that that is what I had told myself going into that forthcoming project and what happened? Yeah, it didn't go so well because that is what I had told myself. Now, it did go okay in the end. So I came out of it. It was so stressful. And again, it was all the physical signs, the not being able to sleep, the heart palpitations, the being very tearful. You know, it's like you don't want that in a work. You don't want any situation, but you, don't, you need to have that at work. Um, and it's just that, but it was, you know, reflecting back, it's that inner voice. I allowed the inner voice to take over and I then set myself up to fail. And if we see, we see this sometimes with students, I can't do it. I won't be able to do it. I'm, I'm going to fail. And I always say, you've got to reframe that. You've got to pattern interrupt because you are creating yourself unnecessary stress there. I, I was... you tell yourself you're going to fail. Sorry. Definitely. That, that, that inner yeah. voice, I, I heard somebody define their inner voice once and saying, you need to use the same tone that you would talk to a friend to talk to yourself. So if your inner voice is criticizing you or saying, I can't do this, I don't have the skill, whatever, you would never say that to a friend. You would never sit there and go, oh yeah, you're right, you're rubbish, you, you don't have the skill, Ginny, don't, what, what on earth did you think you could do that for? But, but we don't cut ourselves the same slack and therefore we end up more stressed because we're fueling the fire. We're listening to ourselves talking in a way which we would never talk to anybody else. Yeah. And so it's finding that in a voice where you can say, who actually am I to talk to myself that way? And how should I be talking to myself? Absolutely. Yeah. And coming back to what you were saying about having people to talk to Jenny, I think um, as i got older one of the things that I've realized is that you you need different people for different mm. scenarios so you know if I pick up phone I'm having like a really stressful day at work there is absolutely no point in talking to my mum about it she's got no clue what I'm talking about she's very <laughs> sympathetic and you know very understanding but it takes me more time to explain the problem than to kind of get off my chest what it is that's bothering me so actually having someone at work a, a, you know a colleague that I can say oh I'm finding this really tough today and I, I don't know how I'm going to do it I don't know how I'm going to get all done and that, that person having that kind of um different perspective then helps you to kind of work through because they might see it in a different way to you you know and you likewise you might need somebody who is you know 
in your personal life kind of someone that you can just say oh you know like kids are driving me nuts today you know I'm really having a problem with my eldest doing this or whatever and, you know that person needs to be in those circles and it's finding those key people in your life that you can actually open up to and have those calls but as Kelly says someone that you really need to trust and you value their opinion you know that kind of they're sort of on your side and I think that's really important is identifying those people definitely so if we think, if we try and sort of let's think about, you know, as, as you know, for our student, a lot of students listen to this sort of podcast, what do we think we can start summarising, I suppose, as our key tips for students who are, you know, as I said before, exams, it's natural, natural definitely to start feeling stressed about those. Um, so we focus on exams, I think, first of all, and then we can maybe if we haven't covered everything maybe think about the general bits because work can be very stressful as can personal lives but we know our accountancy students who listen to the podcast they're all going to be going through having to sit some pretty tough professional exams that matter to them that are part of their you know their career journey so what kind of I suppose tips can we give them in terms of how can we manage and also try and reduce that risk of the stress becoming negative. I think one of the things we've sort of referred to a lot in, in, in sort of many different ways is, is perspective. That, you know, what, what's the worst that can happen? How big is the sky? How, how long is this going to be an issue for? And, and that way it it's allows you to take a step back and, and, and see the issue for what it really is rather than what you've built it up to become. Yeah. I think for me, it's also as well to say to yourself, you know, be kind to yourself. Don't put too much pressure on yourself and think about, okay, how can I then plan? So I haven't got a situation where, you know, I've got to suddenly find five hours a day to do this work that I haven't done. You know, if you can do it in small, more manageable sizes. So maybe thinking, you know, it might only be as little as 15 minutes, half an hour, just a day, just doing a few questions, okay, your tutors will be giving you guidance and kind of tips on to what to do. We always say as tutors, the question practice is the absolute best way that you can prepare. But often our anxiety will take over. I can't, I'm not ready yet. I'll put it off. I, I don't feel that I, I've, I've got the knowledge yet. I'm, I'm, I'm going to write my notes it. out in pretty colours on ever smaller Highlighting. card. Yeah, going to yeah. get my highlighters all lined up in colour order. Yeah, again, and I think we've got a podcast on things like I did on long-term yeah. memory, but it's it's reframing the situation that the questions, it's not a test at the revision stage, but I'm getting it right or wrong. It's, it's I'm going to use this question as a learning opportunity. So actually after it, I might be, oh, I didn't know that particular um, little bit about when I should impair an asset. Oh, I'd forgotten about that, or I hadn't seen that that's how you deal with a previously revalued asset that's impaired. It's Let's go into the question with a reframe mind of this is a fantastic learning opportunity that I can then take away from this. Um, making maybe a few, you know, a few notes of where you've, you know, where those learning opportunities were, but not going in to go. Well, I'm, I'm going to fail this. I, I can't answer it. So it doesn't matter if you can't answer it. I think there's one, well, one thing that I've sort of came across on a training course. I think Kelly, you were there as well. When, when you, we, we're hung up on an exam, which is an assessment of learning. Have I learned anything? Yes or no. But in that process, there's also assessment as learning as in i've 
done a mock or, or some questions and I've reviewed them and then the assessment for learning. So just because I'm doing this, I am learning as I go. I am learning how to manage my time. I am learning how the examiner writes certain things. I am learning how to lay out a response on a page. And if you are getting stressed, remember you're getting stressed about an assessment of your learning, whereas there are other parts to the value of that assessment as you go through. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think it's it's, a, it's it's setting little achievable goals, actually. So you can get maybe create your own dopamine hit of, you know, I've achieved something. You know, I've managed to get through 10 short form questions this evening and I've sat down and I've done that. And, oh, not this, I haven't got time for it. If you're saying that, it's not a priority for you. And then well, why is it not a priority for you? Because if you do little and often, actually by the time it comes through, because you've done all of that learning as you've gone through, by the time it comes to that final stage, actually you should, yes, there's always gonna be an element of adrenaline. There's always gonna be an element of stress when you open that exam paper, but you wanna be into that situation where you think, no, I've got enough confidence. I've done everything that I could possibly do. I know I know my stuff. So bring it on. I'm actually kind of half looking forward to it. Yes. But again, that story you're telling yourself, even on the day, how can you tell yourself that story? I've done everything that I possibly could do to prepare if you did nothing and left it and left it and left it. There's something one of our colleagues suggested um, a tip, which I think we've sort of talked about. And you talking about breaking it into manageable chunks, Kelly. There's something about making a list of the things you need to do and actually then sort of mentally as you tick them off again you get that dopamine hit but also it helps you to see the whole picture Mm -hmm. and kind of actually as you get kind of towards the end you start to get that kind of oh I'm nearly done you know I'm kind of I'm getting here now and I I know that and I know that and you know so um, there's definitely something around that as well I think in terms of summarizing what we've talked about today. I think the other thing we, we, we often when we're stressed we skew reality and we skew reality that the pass mark is 100% and anything less than that is a fail. And that's just not true. So, and, and it's easy to distort it that unless I know absolutely everything in every single page of every mm. single resource, I am going to fail, which again is that 100 or nothing. And we, we need to sort of restate reality as to good enough is good enough. Mm. And unless we're planning on being a global prize winner, in which case, <laughs> great. But most of us mere mortals are not planning on being global prize winners. So can can we get the reality straight as to what do I have to do to achieve the goal? And that's definitely a change, isn't it, Ginny, when you go to level seven. I know, because I know at the lower levels you do that, you have to get 70%. So yes, it's not a hundred, but it is seven, you know, it's 70%. There's that 30% le- leeway that is there. And you know, and there will be people who will be striving for the distinctions for the 90%. Once you get onto level seven, even the global prize winners aren't going to get a hundred. But the examiners have deliberately written the exam so no one can get a hundred percent, not within the time that you've got. But I know I know again, it's I suppose one of the comments in the chat box that the pressure that people have been under under the education system and the kind of the mindset maybe it's been developed there you have to reframe it when you're doing level seven and I remember myself having to I always like to get things done correctly you know I'm a hundred percent person I don't like it if I don't get a hundred hundred percent of everything right and I have to reframe exactly what you said there Ginny actually you know mere mortals if you manage to pass that level seven exam first time that is absolutely fantastic. Like that, that is the hundred um, percent. But that can be quite difficult to 
particularly to start with, to reframe it in that situation, to be like actually being able to get, you know, we're going for 50% pass rate. It's quite nice if you manage to get sort of 52, 53. So we weren't too close to the wire, but at the end of the day. Mar margin of error. <laughs> margin of error is always nice. Um, yeah, so it's, uh, it's tough. Any other tips would we say in terms of sort of preparing for sort of exams and trying to just manage that exam sort of stress that we might have as... as I, I think in, in, in the readiness of, of sort of running up to it, making good choices about how we are living our life at that period of time. So good choices about sleep by listening back to the podcast on sleep. Good choices... <laughs> Although I was slightly concerned, a student said to me the other day that they listened to my lectures as a way of going to sleep, which wasn't my intention, but you know, we'll go with that. Um, making good choices about what we're eating, so we're not living on Mars bars and Percy pigs, and making sure that we are making good choices around all of those things. And, and the night before the exam is not the time to sit there and go, right, let's find the 20 hardest questions and now have a go at them at 11 o'clock at night and wonder why I can't sleep and I'm now massively stressed out. And you know, the, the night before the exam should be the time of making yourself feel good, which is finding the questions that you've already done that you know that you can do, just to keep things gently ticking over. So, going out and looking at the stars, Ginny. Going out and looking at the stars, always, <laughs> doing, always some, doing some yoga, if, you know, if mindfulness is meditation, if some people are into that and making that, yeah. you know, making that work for them. I Absolutely. Say, um, scheduling breaks is a key. Yeah. We always talk to students about, you know, making sure you make that plan, but in that plan, make sure you've got some breaks scheduled in because you need it. You need it to refresh. Exactly. And when I think we look at stress, it's kind of like you will identify what those causes are. Now, if you know you've got important exams coming up, that is going to be one of the things that can potentially drive up your stress levels. So you need to be taking as good care of yourself as, as possible. So can you factor in those breaks? Have you got someone to talk to? Um, thinking actively about your diet and not going for the, the sugar help you know, what are the things that you can control around you given that you know that there is going to be this sort of stress for the exam so what are those choices that you can that you can make to help that help that situation definitely any final thoughts then i think remember in all of this that you're not the first person to feel this way. It's 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 okay, and in fact, if you speak to your coach, your tutor, your you know people who know what it's like. So Kelly said earlier, you know, talk to people, and and, and Shelley made the point about somebody who understands. Anybody who's who's sat those exams knows how hard it is. So you know, by by sort of remembering, you're not the first person, and other people have have got through that. that that's that's a positive. That, that you are doing something that those around you have achieved and they've achieved it because they listen to the advice of others. Very few people achieve that by doing it themselves, doing it their way. So, you know, you, you, the people who are supporting you are exactly that. They are your team of supporters, your cheer squad, if you like, to, to get you through the exam, listen to your cheer squad. Shelley, anything from you? Just really to say that, you know, 
just don't let it get to a point where it really, really does become too much. Um, you know, there are always people that you can talk to uh, within FI. Our tutors are always a friendly ear. Our skills coaches, if you're an apprentice, um, are there to help you. Talk. And your employers, if you've got people that are at the office that can help you, it's always worth it. Things are getting to that point where it really, really is too much. And, you know, there's stress at work, there's stress with the exams. Then just be honest, be absolutely honest and talk about how you're feeling. Because mm. a problem it, shared, as they say, is, you know, problem halved or, you know, whatever the expression is. So. Absolutely. You know, you know, and if it really gets to you need to make sure that you speak to, you know, speak to a medical professional. I think it's important, you know, to try where we can to think about those preventative things that we sort of talked about today. Um, it's not going to always be perfect and it's OK to have bad days. Don't be too hard on yourself. You know, even if you're just having, you know, even just from a revision point, there might be some days where you think, oh, I can't do this anymore. You know, it's just don't be too hard on yourself. Other people have been there as well. Just be be kind. Let that, as Jenny said, let they let, think about that inner voice. If we have that kind of consciousness towards what we're saying to ourselves, just that trigger of slightly being aware can make quite a big difference my thing is yeah don't be don't be too hard on yourself team just trying if you can keep things in perspective life is a bit of a roller coaster there will be good days there still will be some tough days but reach out to the people who you who you can trust and talk to brilliant thank you ever so much everyone for listening and downloading listening live and those of you who've downloaded our podcast thank you ever so much for taking the time to listen to us and we hope our discussion today has been helpful but as always look after yourselves and if required if that stress does become too much do make sure that you talk to somebody and if need to so do seek professional medical help as well but i hope that's been helpful and we'll see you again soon on another podcast thank you thank, thank you, you. Thanks, everyone. thanks everyone bye-bye